Hey, welcome to the Bullpen Session. This is Patrick Lillis, and glad you're here, glad you're listening, glad you're all right. Hope everyone is uh, doing okay, and excited to share with you my conversation with actor Sarah Hayon, uh, actor, entrepreneur, producer, and friend. Um, I'm impressed. I wanted to have Sarah on for a long time, uh, since actually somebody who's been on my mind since I started the podcast. One of the reasons, because not only is she somebody who's a very good actor, but she also sort of have this thing. I'm impressed whenever somebody can move outside of one location to another. And she, I met her in New York and she was entrenched. We talk about that in New York, but she moved back to her hometown of San Francisco and, you know, maintained relationships and navigates a career in multiple cities. And, and I just think it's possible, you know, I like the idea that she models that it's possible. Uh, but she's also an entrepreneur and and created a lot of opportunities for other artists and herself, and I think is a great model for a way of building a career. And, and we had a wonderful conversation, you know, about how that is possible and the personal journey that happens to make that possible. And, you know, I'm also proud today is uh, our 50th 5.0 episode of the Bullpen Session, and it's funny, I listen to a lot of podcasts, you know, and uh, WTF and people who do them one or two a week and, you know, thousands. And, you know, we've done four seasons. This is our fourth season, doing trying to do 15 a year. And, you know, we're at number 50 and I'm proud. I'm proud of the conversations. Today is, is a great conversation and we've had many along the way. And I'm really thrilled for everybody who's listened Uh, throughout these four seasons. If you're just joining us now, go back, listen to the other episodes. They're great. Listen to this one first, of course, uh, while you're here. And I'm just proud that we've gotten here, and I'm proud of your support. I'm I'm grateful for your support, grateful for you to listen and share your thoughts, and and really grateful for our guests and everyone who's made it possible along the way. And, And today's conversation was really, when I thought about Sarah, I thought you'll hear the entrepreneur spirit of starting a company, a member of other companies. Um, we didn't talk about it. She has her own uh, another business. Uh, you can visit her website to read about that. But it was a really great conversation. And I think as I'm wrapping up the end of the year, uh, twenty, the calendar year of 2021, and thinking about what are we going to do in 2022, um, I think there's a really nice internal shift that we talk about in this conversation that I think is we reflect on what changes do we want to have. It's as you think about your artistry and your work, and my, when I think about my own, I think it's mostly about that internal shift of what do I think is possible and how do I want to carry myself? How do I want the world to see me? And we really we had a great conversation talking about that, and um, I'm excited to share it with you. And with that, play ball. great it was magical it was it's pretty wild to be you know back on stage after two you know two plus years um you know you're definitely like the the alchemy of of theater you're reminded you know how important it is to do live um which you know it's sometimes you're like is theater relevant? But then you have these magical experiences. You're like, yes, it is. It's really, actually, yeah. And it's funny because you can question that at any time about is it relevant, you know, when we're in the flow of doing it, but you take it away for two years, you realize the magic. I mean, 
Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. And it was, you know, especially, I mean, it's this Chuck Me play and, um, and Les Waters is directing and it's, it's highly theatrical. It's almost like operatic, you know, it's not a play that could be anywhere else, but in the theater, you know, it's, it's sort of borders the line with like performance art in a lot of ways, you know, cause you can see plays that, you know, become movies or are, are rather filmic. And this play in particular is, is very theatrical. It could only happen in the theater. And um, so it feels really good to be coming back in that type of, of play, you know? Yeah, that's so, a, you're right. Like that's just celebratory and you're Chuck me and, and Les are both specifically theater. Yeah. You know, and yeah. It's, it's amazing. Um, was that play scheduled before the pandemic? Um, I believe it was. I mean, I was cast back in June, um, you know, and I did a self-tape uh, for theater, which is always <laughs> questionable. Um, but I was thrilled to receive the offer. I'd, I've been wanting to work with Les for years and years and years. So um, and it had come close a couple of times. So I was thrilled to to do it and then there was one show scheduled before the show which got canceled and um you know for me i was sort of holding this you know this beacon of hope that i was i'm gonna you know october 19th we start rehearsals and and i'm gonna be working with this amazing cast i mean the cast is like just pro just top top level pro and and less and this wonderful play and oh, my heart just sank when they canceled that first show because, you know, just a reminder that none of us know what's coming right. next. So you just got to kind of loosen the grip and and go with the flow. And, and luckily, you know, we, we did get to open the show, but it, there was a moment where I thought, okay, just breathe and whatever happens, happens. <laughs> I think that's a good lesson for this entire year and a half, loosen the yeah. grip, you know, yeah. like we... You know, we don't know, we can't control as much as we want. Yeah. I'm going to ask some pretty basic questions, I feel like, but I wanted to, I was going to ask, how'd you get the audition? And it's like, obviously you have an agent in the agency, but I'm really impressed with, I think, your ability to navigate from the outside, a, a consistent relationship with three cities, mm. it seems like. And did it come from your relationship with the theater company? Did it come from agent? Was it wide open? What, how did that come about? Yeah, actually the story of getting this show is really funny because it, I kind of took a risk. I did something I, I um, hadn't done almost ever. Um, and, and it was exciting. So basically, you know, the pandemic and social media, it's all so weird. Right. And we sort of, I started connecting with Les on Instagram because we're both mad for photography. And so I was posting about photographers that I loved and then he would sort of message me and say, do you know about this uh, photographer? And we both have a very similar sense of humor. And um, and so we'd sort of became social media friends. And, um, you know, and he's, working obviously with Dee Dee on Dana H and doing just such fabulous work. And um, anyway, I wrote to him in a moment of shameless self-promotion, which is like really not 
<laughs> not yeah. my wheelhouse. You know, some people are just, they will do anything cutthroat. Like you just know that they're just so driven. They're just put themselves out there all the time. Um, that's really not my MO. Um, but I went ahead and I wrote to, to Les and I said, you know, I'm such a huge fan of yours and I would welcome the opportunity to collaborate on any coast, you know, New York or San Francisco. And, um, and I think I even wrote hashtag <laughs> shameless self promotion. <laughs> and, um, he wrote back, he wrote back shameless is good. And then, um, the next day I got an email from Berkeley rep asking me to audition for winter time. So, um, you know, it was kind of, um, it was a wild moment where I, I'd asked for something and then it happened. And then I was like, Oh no, now I really have to like really do good work. <laughs> but, but we're friends. Now I have to yeah. prove that I'm, Oh man, now I really can't mess this up. So, um, you know, I did the self tape and of course like crickets for a while. And then, um, he wrote back, he said offers on the way. And, and I get, and I said, you know, yeah, I guess being shameless paid off. And he said, yeah, being shameless with a great audition. <laughs> right. They have to go hand in hand. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the, that's great. Uh, I, I love that. And I also like the building of the relationship because you do have something in common besides a community. You yeah, know, you also have yeah. a community of people, and uh, yeah, it felt authentic to like kind of reach out and say, "Hey, you know, I'd like to work with you." But um, you know, navigating different coasts. To get back to your other question is, um, it's you know, it's 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 tricky because every obviously every city is different and. Um, and I'm, I feel lucky enough to have worked in New York long enough that I established some pretty great relationships that, you know, I've worked to, to maintain. Um, I also never really said to anyone I'm leaving New York. <laughs> That's smart. Let them think you're here. You didn't yeah. see it. I just no. try to confuse everyone. So they just don't know like where I am. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm going to get to the navigating the relationship actually because I'm really impressed and that you moved um, mm -hmm. because you did have this entrenched community. You were a member of three active, affluent communities of artists who are working at a high level. And I think you were working consistently. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, I know you're, you're from San Francisco and you wanted to move back there. What was there trepidation? Was there has it, was there fear of like, oh my God, I'm going to move for quality of life? But oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And yeah. What was the what was the inspiration and and what allowed you to think this can work? Well, from the moment I moved to New York, you know, when I started at NYU, I was always just split down the middle. You know, I've been torn between. California and New York, like my whole life, it's been just like a horrible, you know, battle of where should I be? Um, and, you know, cause the minute I set foot in New York when I was whatever, 17 visiting schools, I, I mean, it was like euphoric. I was like, I must be here. This is the place for me. And, um, and I, and I, to this day, like New York is just set a huge part of my heart. And, um, but uh, when I found out I was 
you know, we were trying to have a, a kid. And when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, I really don't, I don't think I can navigate raising a kid here. I know how wonderful it was to grow up in San Francisco. And I really wanted that. And, and so I thought, well, there's, you can either make the sacrifice of trying to have a kid in New York and all that that entails and maybe the lack of support and, and, you know, just not having that family and community and I mean, just pushing a stroller in the snow, you know, all those things, or your sacrifice can be to try to be bi-coastal and stay relevant and then open up other opportunities in LA and San Francisco. And so that was sort of my thinking was that that's, that's the sacrifice I'll make instead of trying to make my family live here. Um, so, and obviously there were day, there have been days where I thought that was a big mistake. And then there are days where I'm like, thank God we did that. Um, so, and, and the thing is we were lucky enough to be able to go back and forth a lot to New York, because I will say that there is something about um, you can't really name it, but there is an energetic thing that happens, even when you're in the community, you know, you, maybe you're not even working, maybe you're just seeing shows, maybe you're, you're auditioning and you're not booking anything and you feel frustrated, but if you're out and you're in it, there is, you know, you're putting energy out there, you're networking, you're seeing friends, you're inspired. Um, and so that is something I do, I do miss. And I go back to New York obviously pre-pandemic, but as often as I can to kind of fuel that up and reconnect with people and remind people that I'm alive and ticking and working and, you know, and, and also just to be in community. You know, I think that's so important for an artist to be yeah. in community, you know? Yeah, uh, it's actually funny as the pandemic is, I, I call it like three quarter speed that we're at right now. Right, yeah. Um, and I've gone to a lot of theater and, and the past couple of weeks, what you're not, what you're not, what you're missing is that thing you were just describing is like, because people aren't gathering for auditions and people aren't gathering, you know, when they were, there's not a ton of off, off Broadway. Like there's not a, like there's yeah. the institutions are happening. So you're not going to see your community all at once, but now you're starting to a little bit more you know, as you go to the theater and the, and getting in the conversations and realizing like, that's the juice, that's yeah. the fuel, you know, and because the art is, making the art is great, but 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 being in the community and engaging with the community feeds you. Yeah, um, I mean, as theater artists, at least, you know, I, yeah. there are obviously other mediums where it is, you, you're doing it on your own, but, but still, yeah, no, you know, I really, I really miss that community, and um, and and the and New York theater community in particular is just like its own, its own thing, its own ecosystem. It seems from the outside like a solid, established relationship with the theaters there. Yeah, you know, and is is that it's a different way of doing it, right? I mean, it's different. It really is. It's so different. It's so different. I mean. Um, and I can't speak for the other artists who have been here for, you know, their entire career. And, but, you know, you can, there have been times where I've, I've had three or four shows lined up, you know, you never, you never, you don't have, I mean, very few people have that in the, in the work. 
I mean, there are people already been casting that far ahead in New York, you know, um, and and that's a wonderful thing, you know. Um, people here really, it's it's a profession, it's a career. I'd say it's it's probably more like um, you know working abroad, like in London, where people don't have side jobs. You know, they are artists, and that's what they do, and they make a living wage doing that. Now, a lot of people here, you know, they just go from job to job to job, um, and so there, I don't know, there isn't that, um, it's, it's a lovely community. It feels like, like it doesn't have that, that energy, that hunger that New York has because everyone's out trying to get the same jobs, you know, here, it feels like there's enough for everyone. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really different. You know, people like they show up and do their show and then yeah, they go home to their wife and children and it just feels more like it's a job as opposed to like this passionate career that you're pursuing. Yeah, and I talk about in New York too, you're always driving and, and you're doing three jobs, even if you're yeah. successful, you know, you're yeah. doing, even if all you're doing is art, you're doing this and then you're doing an audio play and then you're doing yeah. a, trying to get a TV day. Right, you're doing a reading and then you're doing a TV thing and then you're, yeah, you're doing a voiceover or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm going to jump back to the beginning a little bit. Just that courage of going like to going back home was one thing I wanted to talk about, but also the importance of you starting your own thing. And what did that do for you? And what I'm thinking about was 24 seven. Oh, yeah. Right. The play development. I'm curious what it did for you or what the motivation was to say, you know what, I want to start this play development company. Yeah. That yeah. was purely play development. It was purely purely development support. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we finished out NYU in this really fantastic class that was a, a collaboration between the, um, the playwriting grads and um, acting grads. And um, because, you know, you think, oh, we are all working together, but we're all so siloed because like, you know, conservatory hours are just, and the writers are writing. And so it was really, you know, it was, it was just our last year there, but it, it was like, oh my God, here we are out. Oh my God, this is what we've all been wanting to do, make work together. So <clears throat> we were sort of inspired by that class and um, wanted to continue those relationships and thought, well, okay, now we're out and we don't know, you know, all these other established artists that are out there, but we know these guys who are coming out with new work and great voices. And, and it's really exciting to be in the room making new work. And, um, and I've always like, I just sort of have that entrepreneurial spirit, you know? And so I was like, well, let's make something. This is, I love, I love producing. I love collaborating. I love making stuff like, let's do it. We, we don't need anyone's permission. Like, you know, so, um, I partnered up with, you know, Edith Frenny and, and Sharon Friedman, like two, two of the most, you know, uh, entrepreneurial people I know, like incredible hustle. And we just wrote to bars and we're like, hey, Will, can we have this back room for free? And we'll, you know, we'll drink afterwards or we'll meet this bar tab or whatever. Or like, hey, gallery, like, can you give us this and we'll give you that. And so we got free space all over town. And um, we got, you know, we invited dramaturgs. We just like created a, a, um, 
some basic rules of how we wanted to run it and invited artists selfishly that we were really interested in working with, you know, playwrights like Lucas Nath, who no one wanted to to produce at all. No one wanted even to rep him. He couldn't even get an agent for years. And there we were, first round, developing a play um, of his. And it was, it was fantastic. And, you know, it was a bunch of hungry young artists and, um, and a lot of the, Annie Baker, you know, Circle Mirror, we, we did one of the first drafts in there and the whale was Sam, um, you know, and so a lot of great things came in and out of there. And I think it was, you know, we didn't feel ownership. It was really just in the spirit of getting to know people and get in the room and, and make stuff because, um, I think inherently we knew that we had to make our own work in a way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I should ask about the inherently knew that, but I was also struck having been in that room a couple of times, like the caliber of people who are not known, you know, who are household names now. And there was also, but there was also no, there was nothing except the work. It felt like, you know, it wasn't, we're going to showcase me, we're going to showcase this. It's like, no, we're going to just talk about what do you need and figure out how to present. Yeah, we were very focused on the playwrights. I think that we felt very clear um, about the mission that it was about their work and their words and how best to support them and whatever they needed. You know, they needed space. They needed to hear what they were writing. They needed deadlines and they need you know, mostly needed dramaturgs. Some some said they didn't want to, but we had amazing, you know, like John Baker, I mean, who doesn't want to work with him, you know? So, um, but we had great people and yeah, we were very, very clear that we're here to support you making work. Um, and it was really exciting. Yeah, it, it, and I'm curious about, I guess I'm like, because that inspiration to say, like, I need to create something I need to, or I'm going to do, I'm going to do this and sort of want to, you know, I had this question of like, what did it do for you? But I think that idea that you had an entrepreneurial spirit is true throughout. That's pretty clear. Um, uh, But it wasn't driving your career. No. And I asked that because what did it help but what did it help you do? Because I think about it, I think even that idea of like, oh, I reached out to Les on Instagram and it's shameless promotion. But it, but it has also this idea of like, well, I'm, I built community. I'm part of community. So I can, yeah. and maybe I'm answering my own question as I start to ask like, what does that do for you to, to create that room and support people? And what are you out of that? Yeah, I mean, I think some people are just, shamelessly driven and they will do whatever they need to do and they will use people along the way to get to what they want and some of those people are incredibly successful and well i wish i was like that (laughs) but i am not like that i i it's very important to me to build relationships with people in a really authentic way um you know that I often like when I'm acting, I'll get a note from a director. It's like, what are you, 
what's happening there? You know, it's like you're gro- you're going along and then just kind of drop out. And I'm like, I genuinely don't know what's happening in this moment. And I'm not, it's like, I'm, I can act, but I'm not a good liar, <laughs> you know? And so, and I feel that way with the relationships that I build um, in my creative world as well. And I think that, um, you know, I genuinely wanted to collaborate with these people and, and build relationships that, you know, went on from there. I mean, I worked with Sam a lot after that. And, um, and I think it was built out of, you know, a feeling of being family and having created things together rather than like, um, you're the hot playwright and I want to like do your work. You know, that wasn't really, that wasn't really what motivated starting 24 seven lab or, or, you know, collaborating with the people that we wanted to collaborate with. We chose people that we thought were exciting and had exciting voices and we wanted to help them make their work, you know, complete it. Yeah. And just the idea that they were exciting to you. Yeah. Not anybody, nobody else was being like, Oh, this is, you have to know this person. I mean, that eventually happens. I love you saying that because as soon as you said, Oh, I feel like we're family. I think leaving to San Francisco means you also you've built you've spent the years building that relationship with the entire community of like oh they are they're not going to go away yeah like at what moment do you think you got to the to a place of security for you as an artist or an actor where you knew like I'm going to have a career I'm going to (laughs) work um if you have that feeling (laughs) yeah you know um I think if I'm honest, that feeling comes and goes. Um, but there were definitely moments where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm being recognized for, for my strengths here and, um, and people want to work with me. And, um, but mostly I think that was, I think, you know, more importantly, it was when I committed to myself. You know, when I, when I was like, okay, I'm doing all the things, but, but the first time that I actually felt like I deserve to be, I deserve to have a career is actually when my career kind of started to take off. So it sort of came from within in a way, you know, I'd sort of been hiding. I was, um, I worked as a celebrity assistant for a long time for the most amazing human being. And um, she really empowered me and treated me more like an apprentice than an assistant. And um, and there was just an apprentice to her. Apprentice to her. She like really showed me the ropes and included me on all sorts of things, contract negotiations. Um, I worked on set with her. I and it was really about empowering me as an artist. And in some ways, like I hid behind that job for a long time. And then, you know, I remember the day that I felt, you know, I should be on the other side of this camera. I deserve to really have a thriving career. And everything changed from that moment on. I, um, I, you know, I, I left that position. I, I totally took a leap. I didn't have another job. I jumped into a, my first, you know, kind of big, off Broadway show, not that big, but, and, um, 
and you know, closed. Which, which, I didn't show, was, which show was it? Was rear view mirror. And <laughs> 59 is 59. And you know, I, it closed and I didn't have an agent. And I thought, what have I done? And I sort of was like starting to lose a little hope. And then, you know, um, and then I got a call that I had been nominated for a drama desk. <laughs> you know, it was it was really wild. And I thought, okay, yeah, I told the universe that I was ready and deserving and um, I'm going to unpack that a little bit, though. Do you know, was there something was there something that caused you to have that introspection or is it just enough time standing in that world watching somebody else doing it where you're like, wait, I'm meant to be doing it. I'm not instead of, but I'm not meant to be on this side. I'm meant to be. Was it just an internal drop that happened over time or was it a little bit of both because I think school was kind of damaging in some ways and and like really reductive and I was told I wasn't going to be able to do this and I was only going to play these parts and my look was so confusing and people weren't going to know what to do with me and so I had all these like limiting beliefs that were sort of instilled in me as I left school and it took a long time to kind of undo those and I think it was it was realizing that um there was no that was all a bunch of crap and that i you know absolutely like basically uh the the person that i was assisting had a scene with someone who couldn't act their way out of a paper bag and she asked for me to step in and run do the scene with her off camera while she shot her close-ups because we had run lines and I, I could do the scene better than the person that had been hired to do it. And it was like in that moment where I was like, what am I doing? I should be doing this. <laughs> I should be in this movie with her. And, um, and so it was, it, was, it was a very visceral moment of understanding that there was nothing holding me back except for myself. Yeah, yeah, that is, it, it's great. And I think that sense of internal empowerment is the most important yeah that's the one we can control yeah and i think if you look for things outside of yourself to tell you um that you're going to be successful enough to have a career that you're kind of doomed because everyone's career goes up and down and up and down and up and down and i think the commitment has to come from inside yourself to know that you're going to get beat up as an artist but nothing's going to stop me from acting. I love it. And um, you're going to face a lot of rejection, but you know, you just, you keep going because you love the art, you know, you really love it. And not, not every day, some days you hate it, but then you come back to the love, you know, right. but I think overall, like, was there a moment that I knew that I would be successful was when I, felt like deep belief in myself. From the outside, all of a sudden that inside carriage radiates outside. Yes. Other people start to you start to see you in the way that you see yourself. Yeah. 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 And nothing's I mean, nothing's changed. You did get a drama desk nomination, so that changes. It's like other people have said, like, oh, that person's worth noticing. Yeah, right. And I mean also that's, you know, that's not like it's and that it's not like that changed my trajectory of my career that much, but you know, it was certainly a huge acknowledgement. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's what I, I, I think what changes the, 
trajectory that I'm thinking about is you're right. I don't, I don't, it's very funny. I'm like, I'm not sure theater awards change anybody's tra trajectory, yeah. but I think what it did and what it does is your, your esteem makes other people in the community and you telling yourself how you want to be seen yeah. changes all of a sudden somebody who's wasn't considering you for like, oh, you should be in this is now like, oh, Sarah should be in this. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's great. But I think, you know, what's interesting is like as, when I was younger, you know, everyone's like confidence. Confidence is like what makes people successful. And I think that's such a tricky word because people can put on an air of confidence or bravado. And it's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is like inner belief of self and worth. And if you walk into the room with that, like grounded, deep, honest belief, like you are magnetic. Yeah. And, and that's really, you know, and so I think as a young artist, I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm confident, I'm confident, you know, but not really understanding like what, what that means. I was thinking about a moment, it's like the second intensive that I met you at, and I don't know if you remember, but like you were invited back, but you didn't have a job. And I thought, and it was dumb. And then we went into a room, you, you know, you, we did some reading. I was like, you should come with me. Let's go do this, you know? And, and I think like, I don't know how many years later, but I'm going to say the numbers like three years later, there's no way that would have happened. Right. Right. And, and it was just, it was an interesting thing because you could see it in how you carried yourself that there was exactly it like nobody I, myself to that company is like i didn't i didn't come in the front door as an actor i came in like because i can help you with props or i could do this you know with, i wasn't led i didn't lead with being an artist i led with how can i help you guys and so and that's how they saw me and right so and, and i think that's right and then the second you know you're invited back but you're still invited back as like someone who helped yeah. Like, and, and I thought, and, you know, I had the benefit, I had been at 24 seven and I had been at, I probably worked with you on partial comfort play. Or yeah. I'm like, no, get in the room, let's do something, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, but I remember when you say the drama desk nomination or that internal shift, and I don't think I was aware of the nomination happening, but I do remember seeing you in a room being like, oh, that's a different person, hmm. you know? <laughs> like, yeah. And, and, of confidence, of internal. And I think that belief, you're right, you can't fake it and you can tell people. And I think the one thing I'd wanna say is like, don't don't pretend you're not where you are. Yeah. And you're not who you are, but you're also of value. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and it's interesting when you said I came into that company that way, having known that you were part, did, are you a, I know you were a long-term member of Partial Comfort, I don't know if you were a founding member of there, you were a long-term member. It was funny because Partial Comfort was a place where I led with total confidence, you know, and I was like, I felt valued and I, you know, uh, was a totally different person. Um, but it's it's funny, yeah, it's it's really true. It's it's really how you, you lead. No, I thought, of, yeah, it's, I, I, it's funny. And I, I didn't actually think I was thinking about that before asking you to, talk in the pod but I was thinking about I I knew you in that environment and I knew you in the other environment and like one environment you're a leader yeah 
you know, and the other environment, not that there isn't value to like, oh, I want to meet these people and let me see how I can be of service, but there was a different, uh, different carriage. Yeah. And in one place, it was like, I was asking for permission and for someone to tell me that I belong as opposed to being like, I belong here. I should be here. Yeah. Me, I'm talented. Like, let's go. I, I deserve I, a, a basic belief of deserving. In the other place, it was like, oh yeah, let's, I, I got this, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and not to, not to dwell on that, but it's like this, I got this. And, and, and I think you, now that we're going to say that internal belief is always fluctuating, but always there, just like the love, hate career yeah. um, thing is after doing it for a while, what do you, the answer may have been just on what we were talking about, but when you go into a room now, any room, what do you think you bring with you that maybe you, that didn't happen? And maybe that's what we were talking about that wasn't happening in the beginning. Yeah. And it might I mean, be something, and it might be something else too, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, so so many things. But I think one thing that I lead with is like vulnerability, you know, because I think you have to be willing to be yourself and maybe make a little fool of yourself or, you know, be open and not control and, um, and with that vulnerability have confidence as well. Um, you know, and there's like a fearlessness in that. Um, fearless because you're willing to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, even like the worst thing that happens is I get hurt. Yeah, and it'll be, and I'll be all, and I'll be okay. Um, but also, like, not having anything to prove. Right. I don't have to prove that I deserve to be in this room, or I don't have to prove to you that I'm talented, or I don't have to prove to you that um, that the way I do it is is worthy of of being, you know, here part of this collaboration. Yeah. 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 You know, I think if walking into the room you carry, I, I'll be okay, is great, you know, because uh, I, I think it's interesting. I think when we we're talking about the difference of the two rooms, uh, I think like, oh, I could immediately, when you said it, I went, oh, I know when I'm in that other place. I know when I've been, I'm not in that other place as often as I used to be emotionally, yeah. but when yeah, I was, yeah. of, you know, let me prove that I belong here, or why can't you see that I belong here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's never a place to live because, you yeah. know, you don't think you belong there. Right. And you just make yourself smaller. I don't yeah. Know. yeah. Um, when we think about maintaining relationships, you know, when you're thinking about long distance, it's actually that faith of also not only a sense that I belong, but that I'm remembered, you yeah. know, and that we're friends and that it's long term and that it's even though I'm not physically in that space. And, and that's why, you know, you say you come back every now and then, but I also, I was curious about maintaining it because I was thinking about like projects. I, I, I'm interested in, you've done a lot of fascinating projects, right? You did this, Sam, 
Hunter's play and uh, you're doing this. I, I was sur pleasantly surprised because I went to see the Winter Miller play. Oh yeah. That was at Rattles that, that I think was independently produced, but at Rattlestick. Um, what is it? no one is forgotten my it's right yeah. and and you know but it was funny like that's when a moment when you said I didn't tell people that I had moved and I was you know I knew you had and I walked into the theater because I wanted to see Winter's play and you know and the play starts I'm like wait a minute that's, that's Sarah, <laughs> that's Sarah. <laughs> and 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 I wasn't you know and it wasn't a rattlestick it was an independent produced play it was a it was a great play and a great production not you know not a highly publicized not something i'm thinking oh this is bi-coastal this right. is you know and i'm interested in how you i'm interested in how you came to that project but i'm also interested in just because i'm interested in maintaining relationships for when projects are important and you know how how did that come about yeah um well I've always been fueled by new, new work, new voices, new playwrights. And so the magic theater here in San Francisco um, has been a huge, uh, such an important part of my moving here and became a huge part of my artistic home and family. And um, I was lucky enough to work with Loretta before I moved back and we had, you know, again, she became like family and um, she thought of me for a lot of projects. And so um, they have an, and she and Loretta has just an incredible eye and ear for like significant new voices in the theater. And, you know, she brings in a lot of talent from New York. And so there is like cross pollination there and um, winter, had a workshop of that play and you know we just clicked and I loved the work and she loved me in the part and then it went to a bunch we know we did a workshop round it was at, you know in Utah and then it was um, part of NNPN and I went with it the whole way and um, NNPN was it was it part of the showcase yeah it was part of the showcase and it got you know she got offered to do it a lot of different places, but she really wanted to do it in New York. And I, as an inherently entrepreneur uh, spirit, I was like, just do it yourself. Stop waiting for someone to, it's a tough play. It's a hard sell. It's not an easy play to watch. It's not an easy play to do, but it's an important play. It's a fascinating play. I love that play. Um, I think it's an interesting voice and I I was like just just do it it's just two people it doesn't need a big set like you can do that. And so she summer, made that happen. It was, so was the last show I did before the pandemic which interestingly <laughs> enough was about being captured in a cell. But <laughs> it's about being held hostage. It's about being held hostage. <laughs> with an indefinite amount of time. But um yeah so uh you know, why not? Let's do it. Let's make the work. Go for it. And um, and yeah, and so I, and I have a lot of relationships like that with like, like with Loretta or like with Winter where we work on something and I, I think I'm pretty loyal and committed and I, I'm lucky enough for that people want to work with me over and over again. And I think a lot of that is 
you know, what it's about creating, creating little families that make work. You know, I think that is so key. That is so key. I mean, you look at like Phil and Paul, Thomas Anderson making work over and over again because they all love collaborating, Scorsese. I mean, everyone has their little pod of inspiration, but I think it's also, like I said, when we first started chatting is like being in community and, and creating yeah. bonds, you know? What was that last one? Creating bonds with people. Yeah. I think it's being in community and I think you know, it's interesting when I was thinking of when you were talking about 24 seven and you were saying, what do they need? Um, they need to be read, they need space, they need this. I think, you know, understanding not only does winter need the push to be entrepreneurial, but I think these other bonds may happen also because of not only bringing your talent, but appreciating what the playwright needs when they're creating. Because these pieces that I think, when you talked about like you're in winter time, right? Mm -hmm. That's, you know, it, it's a non-traditional piece. Yeah. Uh, no one is forgotten. Non-traditional piece. Uh, Sam Hunter's place. You know, it's like, and, and, and being open to whatever that process is, I'm sure is valuable to these artists who you're working with, you know, because yeah. it's one thing to say, oh, I'm committed. You know, a lot of people are committed right. and willing to be like, yes, I'll be in your play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're nominated. Yeah, I mean, I played, a, I played a lizard with uh, <laughs> Sam, Sam McKinnon's, you know, debut at ACT um, in in that Albie play, uh, Seascape, and that was that took a lot of commitment too. <laughs> Another commitment to process. Like, you, yeah, what do you need? Yeah. You need me to be a lizard. And, uh, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait, is she running ACT now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, well, you know, because, you know, because of the collaboration of the lizard. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, it, but it is that, right? I mean, it's fully, fully immersing yourself into a process. And I think there's, that goes back to, I'm going to be okay. That goes out to a confidence of, you know, it was yeah, I'm connecting back to like, I didn't need to showcase myself in 24-7. And, you know, your talent shines through and comes through in these work, but it's, not worrying about anything but the whole. Yeah. You know, I yeah. think that's really, it's really cool. I had not thought about that before, but it was, um, and where does the entrepreneurial spirit, is it instinctual? Where does that come from? Because I think it's vital. And I think right now it's more important than ever that people create their own work and create yeah. their own path because, because I don't think there's a path. Yeah, no, there is no path. There is no path. And I think that, um, you know, actually I went to Playwrights Studio at NYU and, you know, their mantra is like, make your own work. And part of your first year there, you have to do um, a stint in every part of the theater. So you do some design, you do some set, I mean, you do set design, you do costumes, you do um, set building, uh, stage management and you really come to understand and appreciate what everyone's part is and and I think that's key to being a good collaborator is to really understanding and respecting what everyone is bringing to the table um and and that making your own work is empowering and exciting and you don't have to wait 
for permission. Like, I think that's one of the hardest things about being an actor is like, you just feel like you're always waiting for someone to say, yes, you can do this. And um, the minute that you take that power back and say, actually, I can make it without you <laughs> and I can make it the way I want to make it. Um, well, you know, that's, yeah. that's incredibly empowering, you know? Um, and then in terms of, I mean, I've always been kind of, uh, well, why can't we, you know, <laughs> why, why not? Sure. Yes. I, I'm the, you know, I'll say yes. And then I figure out how to do it afterwards, <laughs> but I've been like that since I was a little kid, you know? Um, and I think I just like, I love collaborating with people. I love making things. And I love, I love that feeling of, well, let's, we can make it. We got this. Let's do it. Let's try it. You know, it's exciting. It, it, it is. And then you've made, you know, these exciting things. Cause yeah. And listen, it doesn't, it's not always perfect, but then you learn and then it's even better the next time you try it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I like that you said, and make it your own way. Also, that's the empowering thing because you don't want to get falling into, I mean, yeah, it happens, but you don't want to be like, Oh, I have no control. And this isn't what I really want to do. And yeah. I mean, you know, when I was working in that for, uh, for the celebrity, it's like, I watched her sign on to projects that were so exciting and the script was so fantastic and this other person was going to be in it and that once it started shooting, you know, things started going sideways, this person pulled out, actually this director didn't have this great vision and now the marketing's going to come in and they're going to mess it all up and that the end result could not have been further from that first moment of signing on to this exciting collaboration, you know, and watching that journey happen, not just once, but several times. It was like, wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And if you can avoid it, avoid it. Yeah. But it, you, you know, it's hard. And so, yeah, there is something like you have creative control and you're going to try to do the best to achieve, you know, bringing your vision into the world. Um, that's really exciting too. Do you have advice for people that you that you would give, or something you would have told yourself starting out? Yeah. Oh God. I mean, <laughs> <sighs> you know, I think just practically some practical things. Yeah. Everyone in their early career is so obsessed with getting an agent, and I love my agents, but I think the people that really help your career are casting directors and, and building those relationships and really nurturing those relationships. Because if a casting director likes you, they'll find you wherever you are, whatever agency you are. And um, so I wish early on, I had focused more on that than like the endless, mailings at that time <laughs> in the dark ages um <laughs> dark ages with snail mail um but you know to really focus on building those relationships that open about that how do you build those how do you create those because you sometimes are in a room with somebody for five minutes yeah right you met them the first time because they brought you in whatever as opposed to somebody who's been on this podcast, Judy Bowman, you know, as opposed to that who worked with your company and that you're going to have a long, that's a relationship. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, um, staying in touch, letting them know what you're doing. Um, and, you know, uh, um, I mean, I think it's really just like staying in touch with them, workshops that they're teaching. Um, you know, when you're early, when it's early on in your career, I did a lot of those kind of workshops that even if you're, you can also see like who they are and what they're like, even if it's just a few minutes, what work that they're doing, you know, and also like look at the work that you wanna be doing as opposed to like waiting for an audition. Like what are the shows that you wanna be on and who's casting that? And like go find them and get in a room with them and then send them, you know, empower yourself to say, not just like wait for whatever you're gonna get thrown, but like, what is the work you wanna be doing now? And that can change later, you know, um, to look at it through a scope of like empowerment and like who, who, who are the relationships that you wanna build? And also I think the other piece of advice is um, instead of being jealous or having resentment towards someone who is who is working a lot or who is booking the jobs that you wish you were booking to look at them as an expander to say like they can do it so can i and what are the things that they do in their career not how did they do it how i should do my audition like them but like what is the community that they're building and how are they working and you know and what is their work like and what are the tools that they use and to allow people to inspire you rather than be your competition, you know? I think that's great. And I think the idea of learning from them, you know, as opposed to resenting them, yeah. you know, because they are doing something because like we even talked about early on, the people who are driven to do a certain thing. Well, I may not want to be that way, but what do they do that's useful? Yeah. You know, right. for you? And to do it. And also the networking you were talking about that not and I don't think inauthentic when you said find out what they do, what shows going back to the casting director, what do they cast, what do you want to be in. And then we have, you know, the other way the old school write them letter with the stamp or, you know, get to know them on Instagram. You yeah, know, like follow every all those casting directors are on Instagram they've got tools and advice they teach workshops they you know and they interact with you on there and also they're offering like great advice and insight you know you have way more access to to them now than you ever have Greg, it was just it was great to catch up with Sarah, and uh, and I love what she said at the end. It's so true. We think about, you know, I think that question of practical. It's interesting, you know, how do I get an agent? And she, her thing about building relationship with casting directors as you're an actor is true, right? They're the gatekeepers. They're the people who are inviting you into audition. And I loved what she said at the end is you have the more access to them now than ever before. It's just, and like she did with Les Waters, building an authentic relationship is possible. Finding out who's working on the projects you're interested in and through social media, what are, you know, what are they interested in that you're interested in? And, and um, it's just great to remember to reach out. And, and I was also reminded, I was very happy the, thinking about being on that retreat with Sarah 
the Labyrinth Intensive Summer Retreat, where in that moment where she didn't have a specific role she was invited back for, I thought it, it was interesting. I know we talked about it, but that idea of like three years later, seeing a totally transformed person from the inside, and, and that transformation is carried on. I mean, obviously in San Francisco and a mom and, you know, building a whole life. And so it's not surprising that that transformation is carrying with her. Um, but it was really important. And I love that she said that. It's about that inner belief. And it's a great conversation. I was glad to catch it. I'm glad you were listening to it. And I'm really grateful to everyone who's helped and listened and supported and Hudson who's edited the bullpen sessions and our relationship with Southeast Theater Conference and that's going to continue in 2022. And that's exciting. And as we're wrapping up the year, you know, the farm's doing a fundraiser. You can support the Bullpen Session podcast at our website, www.thefarmtheater.org. And appreciate any support makes all this possible. But mostly appreciate you listening. And always grateful to hear from you and let us know, like, what part of the conversation resonated with you or what guest really spoke to you and, and what you'd like to hear more of. All of that is helpful. And, um, we will be back with a new episode in the beginning of 2022. Until then, I hope you have a great rest of 21. And, um, you know, take good care of yourselves and prepare. And it's funny, I say prepare. I'm thinking about what I do. And I always take at the end of the year a little inventory of what have I done? What do I want to do? And what do I need to change to make that possible? And it's, I really appreciate sort of the world slowing down right before the new year so we can take that inventory and do that work. And uh, I look forward to seeing what you create as we move forward. And with that, we're out.